0: So the first thing I wanted to bring up, if I could, is just to give Rob props. You know, he 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 made sure that on our top five on Sunday, if you guys missed that, he wanted the Mike Tyson uh Roy Jones Jr. fight to end up as a uh one of our top five prize fights. We ended up sticking it, where Rob at like number three or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh so we did do that. Well it was announced uh that Saturday's Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. match bought, brought in one point 2. two million buys wow so Tyson still got it dog he still got it it was a big deal and uh yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> some,
2: of those, some of those
1: buyers bought were buying it to see Nate Robinson okay let's let's be honest <laughs> you think that's what it was <laughs> uh that youtuber back. guy
3: that youtuber guy was on there too right
0: yeah so you, yeah, you got here uh, got his guys yeah. Well, I know you don't pay attention to uh, boxing at all, but did you at least watch that knockout?
3: No. Which one?
0: Nate, like uh, J. Paul, knocking out. Nate Robinson.
3: Oh no, I heard about it, but I haven't, I haven't actually seen the footage of it. Was, it. it was dirty.
0: Got man. Got demoted. Yep. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, that's, uh, I think, the year's <laughs> biggest sporting event so far has been UFC two fifty one. Uh, which was like Usman and Jorge Masvidal. Uh, but that one ended up getting 1.3 million, but we're still counting numbers. We're still, we're still in the middle of the, uh, election. We're doing recounts. We're doing all of this stuff. So Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. might be the biggest, uh, sports event, like as far as on pay-per-view purchased, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, well worth it to have made it in our top five is, I guess, where I'm going with that. So Rob made the right call that we should include it in the discussion. So I just wanted to – I don't always admit that Rob's uh, uh, right, but I'll, I'll I'll give it to him on this one. Uh, just for context, I mean, the biggest – like the, the boxing, I mean, what was it? The last huge one would be like Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, and uh, that did like 800,000 buys and so we're already like well beyond that so uh here you go congratulations mike tyson and roy jones jr you guys headlined a big ass fight so that's uh looking good and everybody that made fun of uh triller who purchased the rights for it they're uh
3: talk to me about that what's that about i tried out triller but, yeah, they
0: just they, they bought the rights to it to like be responsible for it or whatever the streaming and all of that stuff. I mean, although it was like on Fight TV, which is where I think most of us saw it. It was on regular pay per view and Fight TV, but Triller like uh, reportedly like you know produced it or whatever. Huh. And uh, anyway, they go make some bank. That's
3: interesting.
1: interesting. they getting paid. They're getting paid. We got to get yeah. on Triller, I guess.
3: Are we supposed to get on Triller now? Yeah, that's it. I think so. I'm, I don't I'm know. I've still got
0: the app. I've got, I've got. I've still got the app on my phone from oh, the, the, the first one time. I we need to get on is
1: LinkedIn or Tumblr. Those are the ones <laughs> you want to start on.
3: Well, Pinterest. We need to get on Pinterest.
1: Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest. <laughs> that's my <laughs> uh, hey, Tanya over there as we speak, looking at that junk. On I feel pretty
0: I feel like we had some uh, brand new guest about five minutes ago, and now they're gone. <laughs>
3: they're like what is this what is this is boxing i'm out of here we will be
1: the only wrestling show on pinterest man where there's a
3: whole market pinterest that's yeah that's pinteresting
0: well i know you got some news bruh give us some
2: news uh
3: well i mean it's not really news it's kind of just a recap of uh of a podcast that came out this week. So I don't know if you guys have listened to, uh, Renee Paquette's new podcast called oral sessions. I don't want to hear it. That's the name of it. Uh, but she had, uh, she had, uh, she's had, her husband on there, John Moxley, which is kind of cool. She's got, I think, she's three episodes in right now. But she had Josh Barnett on there, and they were talking a little bit about Bloodsport, and it was just an interesting uh, conversation. I know we we all watched Bloodsport and kind of covered it on this show, from, uh, especially from a prize fighting perspective, it was uh, a really great show. So Josh Barnett talking on her show, and this is just some of the quotes that he said. But he said, "There's so much fluffy wrestling, so to have something that's not that, that's stripped down and raw, it stands out." It's become something that's unique. Also, what makes it even more unique is when people try to steal the gimmick, which is a little, uh, I think, jab at Raw Underground, mm. uh, bite it, rip it off. The one major one, re- really the first, either not at not, I don't know what that means. Uh, I understand why they want to do it, but it only helps us at the end of the day. I've seen other organizations try and rip the idea off. It's fine. What it does show people is I'll just do MMA moves in a match. I'll just take the ropes down. No, that's not it. You can try to look like the packaging all you want, but you will not be the product. So Josh Barnett going over there putting over Blood Sport which man I agree with. I mean what I watched of Raw Underground didn't hold a candle to to what we saw on Blood Sport and um yeah, you know, he talks a little bit more about, you know, future plans for Blood Sport to make it even bigger, make it more of a, a regular thing. So uh, just from a prize fight perspective, prize fight wrestling—that was a really cool conversation. So go check that out on uh, Renee Paquette, formerly Renee Young, also Renee Moxley, whatever you want to call her. Uh, her new podcast called Oral Sessions. So, it's a good listen.
0: Sounds like it. I love the I love the sound of a good oral session. Uh, Whew, Rob, you know, you know it. Rob, did you have Google it that you? Uh, Yeah, you you said I I believe will an SEO uh, dream or something like that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, don't Google it. Just try to find the direct link somewhere. Don't Google image it either, for sure. Mm. Yeah,
0: Rob, did you have anything you wanted to add on the news items?
1: I'm sort of the resident uh, uh, team historian here, and uh, today is an important anniversary in uh, the history of, of the National Wrestling Alliance, the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time and so uh so we prepared this little clip today it's available on tiktok on the nwa podcast there uh you got it for me will yep
4: Known as the giant of the east, Shohei Baba is one of the most important personalities in the history of wrestling. Internationally respected, Baba became a fixture in the sport in the 1960s, traveling throughout Japan, South America, and the United States, even wrestling Bruno San Martino for the WWF Championship in Madison Square Garden. Baba founded All Japan Pro Wrestling in 1972, and as part of building an international brand, he invited stars from around the globe to compete. In Kagashima, Japan, he reached the mountaintop, defeating Jack Briscoe for the NWA World's Heavy championship. Baba's reign lasted only seven days, and over the next five years, he would win the title twice more, neither reign lasting for more than a week. His reigns, however, were not insignificant. Baba's victory over Briscoe, after all, was the first time that the NWA title had changed hands outside of North America, making it now a truly global title. The date of that title change? December 2nd, 1974, 46 years ago today. Thank you for watching. This is the NWA Presents. This is Pro Wrestling History.
0: Wow! There you go. There you That's go. classy, wow. Rob. I didn't realize how stubby your arms are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: well, you don't really get it get the effect over the internet. You gotta got see it in person.
0: Yeah, kind of like we're yeah.
1: like in running into Gary for the first time in person, <laughs> do you want to
0: No, I seem so much bigger on camera, but four foot nine. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a rough life. Oh, man. Let's see here. Uh, Well, you know, we would be remiss if we did not run through uh, one other thing today. Uh, Unfortunately, today, the uh, passing of the great Pat Patterson. Um, He was uh, a legend in the business, the very first intercontinental champion. Rob, you probably know a little bit more than me about that. But uh, uh, a lot of you may just know him as uh, him and Gerald Briscoe running Nick next to Vince McMahon in the uh, attitude era, that sort of thing. But yeah, just a, a great one. And he is, uh, unfortunately he, he uh, passed away this or today, I
3: think.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's, yeah. That's um, super sad when I saw that today. And I mean, he's one of those guys that like, there's just an undeniable mark on the sport of pro wrestling from, from Pat Patterson. And, you know, he, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that he was having an impact, you know, decades ago. I mean, he was having an impact on wrestling, you know, this over the past year. I mean, he's, he's been that active and contributing that much. So super sad thoughts and and prayers to his family.
1: Right. Also uh, a, a pioneer of sorts uh, in wrestling. One of the first openly homosexual uh, uh, entertainers in the industry came out, I think in, uh, 2014, I was reading that earlier and so he's a bit of a trailblazer when it comes to that too. Uh, the amount of courage uh, it takes to do that in a business like pro wrestling uh, speaks for itself but uh, you know, uh, Pat Patterson is one for the ages and now he belongs to the ages. Until Valhalla.
0: Yeah, um, also I, I guess it'd be worth mentioning too that uh, I've heard plenty of stories like when you hear interviews of that sort of thing uh, also credited as one of the great minds behind the scenes as far as booking and, and that sort of thing and uh, finishes yep. and that sort of stuff. So uh, the fits leaned on him pretty heavily uh, yeah, for a you while. Saw,
1: there. You saw acknowledgement today from across the wrestling world, regardless of promotion, from, from you know Shane McMahon to uh, the real world champion, Nick Aldis to everybody had something kind to say about uh, the contributions that Pat Patterson made. Man, at the end of the day, I remember when Flair was inducted into the Hall of Fame the first time, uh, he said something that has always stuck with me and something that I even use used when I'm engaging my colleagues in my professional life at work, at school. And that is that there's nothing in the world like the respect of your peers. Uh People want titles, and that's great, and accolades, but there's nothing, nothing in the world like having your peers' respect. And he is the one who certainly had it, universally respected.
0: Yeah. And uh as uh, some folks in the chat uh mentioning, Corey there mentioning uh, he helped – Book the Royal Rumble every year. And, uh, yeah, Rock says he came out during the Mm -hmm. Legends House on WWE Network. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, I think it was one of those things that was, like, kind of known by uh, groups of people. But, like, he had never officially made an announcement until that show. But, yeah, absolutely. James Lawrence there with the RIP Pat Patterson. So, we (laughs) did an acknowledgement there to the very first Intercontinental Champion. So, a big deal. All right. Well, fellas... Anything else you got in the news realm you want to talk about before we uh, just go for a free-for-all or something? Let's hop in. All right. So, what do we call this segment, Will? It's uh, Falls Count Anywhere.
3: Oh, yeah. I That's what for, it is. I is
0: that what it for, I slaved for hours waiting for you to make those graphics, and you're not going to use
1: them. So I thought Falls Count Anywhere was the period in the show when we engaged the the public, the live chat.
0: It is. But, well, since we didn't have, like, a strict plan here, we figured we'd just let the the chat engage with us as we talk about whatever we talk about. We don't have a strict okay. format for today's show. It's 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 just kind of a casual. In honor of Pat Patterson booking the Royal Rumble, we're making it a Royal Rumble. Just everybody, <laughs> everybody's in that. the ring. Everybody yes. get in. Yeah, and uh, so here's a here's a good one to start with. Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the show. So Shockwave is just a repeat of the weekly pay per view. He says or she says. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so guys, let's talk about Shockwave for a minute. Um, it uh premiered this past Tuesday or Monday if you are a Patreon member uh, of the NWA. And uh, I watched it today, and uh, it's it's a quick watch, easy watch, 30 minutes, like 33 minutes, I think, exactly. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, there is one unseen, previously unseen match, which was Jordan Cruz versus Eli Drake. Uh, which is a very good match, actually. It uh, was a lot of fun. And Eli's, like, on point, even more <laughs> so than I think he was uh, the times we've seen him here recently on Prime Primetime Live. And uh, the things it reminded me of, and my quick notes, is, like, God, I miss Aldis promos. It's, and <laughs> recap the Aldis promo at the beginning. It just reminds you, like, there is a different level sometimes to some of these guys, and it's just uh, Nick Aldis is the man uh, when it comes to cutting a uh, cool promo. Uh, I also made a note about Joe Galley's beard. He is letting that thing come on out, so he'll join the bearded trio. And, uh,
3: yeah, we got a spot for you right do- right down here, Joe.
0: Yeah, come on, Joe Galley. And uh, let's see, what else? You got the Camille versus Heather Monroe match. If you're watching Primetime Live, uh, you've already seen this matchup. Uh, it's a good match. Uh, Heather gets the best of Camille more than we've ever seen anybody get. Uh, So that's that's interesting. Uh, And, uh, you know, when I was watching this match, I did note that commentary sounds weird, though, when you're watching it now. And it's like six week old old commentary. They're talking about under as the women's champion and like just all this other stuff that's going on. You feel kind of feel kind of left out and then you got the nick aldis versus mike bennett matchup uh which was amazing uh just i forgot i you know the thing is is i don't think i ever got a chance to go back and watch it again and uh so you know on the initial premiere on fight tv there was a lot of video issues during that show and uh as we noted on that show our recap show that week and uh this time it was good to see it all the way through with no interruption and uh it's a fantastic match it really is and uh Mike Bennett Nick Aldis it's another one of those things where I was watching I was like oh wow these guys have like another level like just some professionalism and just like crisp and just badass action it's a grudge match in there it's it's a really really good good matchup and so I'd love to see those two lock up again but uh Will, uh, any thoughts on, on NWA Shockwave?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, obviously um, we're all going to be disappointed. I'll just uh, uh, point it out in the fact that it wasn't a lot of new content. We didn't get one new match. But my thing is this. Overall, it's a positive thing because the the NWA are reestablishing themselves. So the the channel has been – dormant so to speak for a little while there hasn't been a lot of new content so at least they're taking some of this content that has happened on other platforms packaging it putting it out on their channel framing it the way that they want to for their uh, promotion and so to me that's a positive <clears throat> so yeah it's it's a negative that we didn't get like an entire brand new card of matches we would never seen before and things like that, but it's a step in the right direction. And I think we're all super eager for an NWA full, full blown return and uh, power coming back at some point and stuff like that. This is a step in that direction. And you know, it's uh, I get that it's pay-per-view replays, but it's also free on YouTube. So like, it's not like you're paying for it again. Um, So that's pretty cool. And the people that didn't pay for the pay-per-view that are NWA fans, now they're getting to see these matches. So um, that's kind of the thinking behind that as well so for me it's 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 a positive all the way around i mean I, i'm i'm glad that there is a uh, a space on the internet and on the youtube right now for nwa putting out some some new stuff so i i enjoyed it
1: um yeah i i'm the same way um First of all, to answer uh, that 90s wrestling podcast's question, twas I that suggested Doug Williams would be a, a fantastic member of Strictly Business, uh, just so you know, which I think he would be, and to turn that into sort of a re a reimagination of the British invasion, including Camille, uh, obviously, in that. Uh, but then you'd have three three solid Brits in there. Uh, no Scots uh, represented in that tandem. <laughs> but, um now, to, to the point that Will is making, he's absolutely right. I mean, you, you have to uh, – first of all, this is going back to – this is showing NWA Life on its preferred platform, which is YouTube. So the target there is for the many people that weren't privy to UWN or didn't purchase it. And so uh, the Camille Heather Monroe match and uh, the Nick Wallace Bennett match, although they've certainly heard about it, would have been new to many of the viewers. Um, and I think if you're going to select two two uh, matches to show again, these two are particularly important. One, because uh, Heather Monroe here versus Camille places Camille, who is you know, one of the most important NWA personalities, squarely in the context of the broader women's wrestling um, universe, as it were, against a very credible opponent. Heather Monroe is someone that has been spoken of very highly by people like Brian Rosa, by Thunder Rose. So she's, again, another respected – we, we put our picks out on this show. And I think I think uh, Gary and I had picked Camille and Will being you know being informed. I'm not trying to throw shade on you. But being an educated wrestler and understanding about scientific wrestling and all that, he picked Heather Monroe to win that match. And that wasn't like a foregone conclusion. I think our assessment was that, you know, obviously Heather Monroe is talented and has got the experience and maybe the scientific pedigree. But she's not going to be enough to overcome the – the skill set that Camille brings along with just the the incredible power. And so placing Camille in a broader wrestling context outside of the NWA personalities that we've become accustomed to, I think is important for people to see that now this Camille is legit. Camille can hang with anybody, period. So I like that. And then two, I think that there was such a a great deal of uh, emphasis given to the Bennett-Nick Aldis match because it was the first – uh, I guess advertised time that all of us was defending the world championship after so many hundreds of days and and the criticisms about, ah, oh, is, is it a legit reign without these? And as much as we would say, look, guys, it's not like throughout history, unusual circumstances have not re- restricted the amount to which uh, – or the amount of times to which the champs can defend. We've seen it before. We speak of Earl Caddick during World War I who left to fight in World War I with the title and came back and defended it after a couple of years. Times are different, you know. Uh, if Nick Gaulis could be actually, in the ring, actually man, wore the
0: title in World War One. Wore it, man, in the. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, like, it, took some, it took some gunfire. It's a uh, that's it's right, that's right. Um,
1: which is why they had to replace it with the Luz Belt because it was all jacked up, you know, from shrapnel and and, and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> that's tomorrow. This is the NWA presents. This is pro wrestling history, but uh, this. <laughs> Finally, Nick Aldis gets to come out of of this hiatus of uh, very few title defenses, and make no bones about it, the champ wants to defend the belt. He would. This is the man who was the architect of the Aldis Crusade. He wants to be in the ring as oft as he can. But obviously, he doesn't call the uh, the shots on everything. There's uh, other considerations that have to be uh, taken into account that are way above our perspective, even. Uh, but he got in that ring and had a fantastic match, and we get to see this match in a very pristine format. Even those of us who got to see it, unless we've gone back and watched it since, this is the first time we got to see it unbroken, without distortion, Mm -hmm. without buffering. And so uh, Gary was just mentioning earlier today in our Discord, our private conversation, that, gosh, man, not only can all this talk, but this Joker can freaking go. Look at this match. It's an amazing match, and it is. It only went about 12 minutes. This is a match that could easily have captivated us for half an hour or longer. But in 12 minutes, they told a story. It was legit. So we got Shockwave. We got one original match, which was a good one, with an important guy, Eli Drake. We got a very important women's match placing Camille in a broader, legit wrestling context. And then we got... One of the best matches of the whole pandemic era featuring Nick Aldis and Mike Bennett. So it wasn't that bad. Uh, I would expect uh, in the future for Shockwave to be something along those lines of something new and something old, kind of mixing it together and, and, and continue, especially, you know, with the direction that UWN is taking now. And we'll get into that later.
0: Yeah, I think that the, uh, well, they announced next week's already uh, on the show. Uh, Week number two is going to feature a a couple of other matches that you have seen from Primetime Live. One of those being Eli Drake versus Eric Watts. Uh, That match is going to show on Shockwave. They announced Camille will be in action, but they didn't say against who. I'm guessing this may have been another match, not unlike the Eli Drake match, that we'll see another Camille match. And uh, then they also announced that the NWA Women's Championship on the line, Thunder Rosa versus Priscilla Kelly. So if you didn't get a chance to see this previously, that is well worth your time. Thunder Rosa versus Priscilla Kelly is amazing.
3: That match is probably my number one of of the 2020 UWN Primetime Live era. I mean, that was, man, that was top notch. So I'm excited to watch that again. Exactly. Uh, So...
0: Well, while we're talking about it, since we're we're on this subject and just uh, going through things that happened this week, uh, let's go jump into Primetime Live for a minute here. Uh, it was a it was a show that, you know, they they'd gotten to this point where there was less and less initially. I I think one of the criticisms we've had, if any, and we we've we've enjoyed Primetime Live, but you know, there was a the promise of a lot of NWA uh, participation. And unfortunately that's uh dwindled off. And uh, clearly, they're still working together. The Shockwave program is uh, out, but uh, this this show, you, you can tell. Like, I mean, they're they're suffering the same thing that a lot of other places are suffering right now. The pandemic era is causing different issues. I think they even said on the show there was a women's match that completely got postponed due to both women coming in contact with someone with COVID. Uh, so it just it you can tell it's a it's a frustrating. Uh, Situation, So I don't envy uh, David Marquez. And, uh, and, you know, here on this show, we're huge fans of David Marquez. He was on Sunday night. If you guys missed that, uh, it was a great interview. And I'm guessing that he knew some of what was going to happen on this show. And uh, just uh, didn't want to break the news quite yet and let it happen naturally on primetime live. But essentially, the big news that we're talking about there is that primetime live did announce that they are going on hiatus. Uh, at least until after the first of the year. So uh, just due to the issues with booking these matches and that California is one of the more strict States, which Marquez did bring up uh, in our talk on Sunday that, you know, you you don't know day to day what's going to happen at any moment it can shut down. So it looks like at least with primetime live, they've decided to go the route of not having that stress of not knowing day to day, what could happen. And they, are going to go ahead and close down. Uh, Will, did you have any thoughts on that? Just initially?
3: Uh, No, I mean, it's not, it's not totally unexpected. I mean, uh, you know, as you mentioned, when, when we were uh, chatting with Dave on um, Sunday night, I mean, he, he did express some concerns about that. I mean, I think LA County, which is, you know, the, the Thunder studios is right on the border, according to him of, of Long Beach and LA and, um, but LA County is pretty much completely shutting down this week again, and um, they they have a lot of really strict measures in in line. And plus, you know, you got to think. I mean, it's it, it's not a UWN Primetime Live is not a local promotion. It, it's it's built and booked as you know a worldwide thing, um, and you know they've been bringing people in from all over, and that can be particularly tricky. You know, with a, a kind of a resurfacing of Of COVID and stuff like that so I think it it probably just got to a point where it it, it was just too difficult for everyone Um, and they didn't know you know probably up until the day of if people were going to be able to make it or not so I think it's a wise choice um, on their part but uh, you know we'll see we'll see in 2021 if they uh, bring it back and and what the vibe of it is but I think it was I think it was the right choice.
0: Rob, probably not initially what they intended, but actually maybe the timing can work out because, you know, we had been discussing Chris Dickinson and the situation with his injury. And he's up for a world championship uh, title match against Mike Bennett. Uh, So we were wondering if they were going to have to just skip over him for now. And uh, it looks like that's even being taken into consideration. And they're still hanging on to that being a match. They still heavily talked about that being the match, that Marquez is adamant that will be the match. But uh, I was wondering your thoughts on all of that.
1: Yeah, it, that's certainly got to be one of the considerations. Now, listen, we we I'm a, I'm a high school athletic director, among other things. And we had to, through a number of things, not just COVID cases, but close quarantine injuries, through a number of situations we had to forfeit the last two games of the year, which took us out of playoff contention. That's a hard decision to make, uh, but it's, you have to make those decisions when you have so many things that are going to es- essentially gut uh, the program of any chance of really moving forward to have to have any resemblance of what you wanted to. And uh, it already pained them to have to modify the cards, modify the, uh, the, the uh, tournament bracket the way they had to. And, we came up with the finals, although the finals was what we predicted. The road to the finals was quite different than what we expected, and what would even have been possible with, given the original bracket. But you take into account travel restrictions, uh, concerns about health and whatnot, and then uh, certain injuries and the prospect of losing maybe what might be the hallmark match of your of your debut season. It all makes sense. We gotta. We're gonna take a little bit of time. Everybody can heal up. You know, we we got vaccines coming out in mid December. They're saying that possibly by June, every American who wants one can take one. And we're we're definitely, even though we're not out of the woods yet, we're about to win this war against this virus. And whether it's immediately in January or whether it's spring or, or early summer, UWN is going to come back. And by that point, uh, there will be a lot of hype. There'll have been a lot of trash talk. There'll be a lot of social media exchange. There'll be a lot of promos featuring. A dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, and um, <clears throat> and Mike Bennett, and uh, they'll give us what we want. So,
0: Yeah, um, I, I did love that on this episode, uh, for those of you who didn't catch it, there was a great match between uh, Richie Slade of Beef Candy versus Fred Rosser. Fred Rosser, if you guys have been missing out on him since his Darren Young days in WWE, him over in New Japan and on UWN Primetime Live, he's the total package, man. Amazing look, excellent skill, and uh, just a cool entrance, everything. I love Fred Rosser, and uh, he made it very clear like he was coming in and he wanted a shot at that title, that he was in the contention for it. Uh, There was also a great match between Slice Boogie and Davy Boy Smith Jr. Uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. coming out on top in that one, but also making it very clear his goal is the UWN Championship. So, uh, they're, they're keeping that discussion alive. Also, uh, in, on the card were uh, Kevin Martinson versus Dan Joseph, which was a good match. And, uh, Showtime Jordan Cruz versus Golden Boy Jordan Clearwater. Uh, Jordan Clearwater, if you guys haven't been following Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, is the brand new Hollywood Heritage Champion. And, uh, so he's, uh, he's making waves right now. Young dude, but, uh, really, really. Look, looks good in the ring, man. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what he does there, and uh, and uh, the headliner was actually Levi Shapiro with Howdy Price versus Anthony Idol. That match kind of broke down because of interference, but then it kind of led to a a kerfluffle in the middle of the yeah. ring afterwards with yeah. uh, with uh, Jordan Clearwater and uh, Dan Joseph and uh, Fred Rosser and everybody coming out and just basically just taking turns beating the hell out of Levi Shapiro. So that's kind of how they closed out the final episode of UWN primetime live. Going to miss the voice of Todd Kinley, Jason Kincaid, whose name I finally got right. I think and, uh, and 12 Blake, weeks in. Yeah. 12 weeks in. And, uh, oh yeah. Bulletproof Blake bulletproof troop actually got, the ring and got a little piece of Levi Shapiro in the, uh, the final match there and, uh, or no, howdy price actually, I think he, uh, <laughs> but, uh, there you go. Anyway, uh, so that is what's up with UWN Primetime Live. And I, I gotta go say, ahead,
1: here, go. I just want to point out uh, Richie Slade and, and Flex McCallion are another one of the things the pleasant, uh, you know, discoveries that we've made uh, during UWM Primetime Live. Now, it's not that these guys are strangers to pro wrestling, but you know, you think UWN has been known here in Primetime Live. We're showcasing excellent women's wrestling, but the tag teams that we've been introduced to, aside from individual guys like Chris Dickinson and Fred Rosser, who are mainstays, but but now we get to see them up, up close and personal. Tag teams like the Bodega, uh, like Gentleman, Chris, uh, Gentleman Jerks, and, uh, and uh, what's um,
3: – Robin Shaw. Uh, what,
1: yeah, Robin yeah. Shaw, handsome Robin Shaw, man. You know, we we kind of those, – those guys kind of grew on us a little bit at the, uh, after some exchange on social media, and and they had a, came out with a – their second appearance match was actually really good, and then uh, we we got to think of uh, Big Time uh, Money Brothers, the Money Brothers, right? Big Real Money, Money Brothers. Brothers, Real Money Brothers, yeah. But and this tag team of Beef Candy, even though Flex McCallion has consistently been outside the ring, uh, presumably due to injuries or something else, these guys can talk. They look good. They're entertaining. They're physical. They're clever there are you and you probably a lot of pop, people probably hate them, but that's because they're really good at being creepy and antagonistic and just slimy, man. They, these guys are a great heel tag team for someone who doesn't even believe in heels. I'm, I'm <laughs> really gotten Just because you don't either.
3: believe in something doesn't mean it, does, it doesn't exist. That's right, It's right. No, I mean, I, I'll agree with, I'll agree with you. And I mean, obviously now we're talking about tag teams, so I'm, I'm here, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's been a ton of great tag teams, all the ones you just mentioned. Uh Beef Candy took a while to grow on me, and it's funny because you know, when you first hear the name Beef Candy, you're like, "What? That's that's dumb," right? But you're supposed to think that. Like that's the point. Like it, it, they they they're a perfect kind of contrast in in body type and style and you put them together with this weird branding and they just execute it so well. And I I love that interaction that you're talking about from the outside. Like you never see one without the other. I mean, it is, it's a perfect, just antagonistic heel tag team that, that you love to hate. And if they're not there, you know, you miss them almost. And, and that's something that, you know, we wouldn't have been exposed to without, without primetime live. So I'm very appreciative of that between the women's wrestling and the tag team wrestling um, that, that they put out, you know, it's definitely been an enjoyable show.
0: Want to give a shout out to James Lawrence in the chat. Uh, virus is no joke. My girl had it almost a month ago and is still suffering for it. I'm on quarantine right now because a coworker called it. I'm waiting on my results. I feel okay. Uh, James, we wish you the best of luck. Wish your uh, girl the best of luck as well. Uh, that, that certainly sucks. We hope, uh, no. hope nothing uh, comes of it for you and uh, you're, free and clear on that one. Um, what a welcome Woodland Goblin, who is uh, enjoying the show on his brand-new reclining leather couch.
2: Ooh. Thanks,
0: thanks for hanging out with us, uh, breaking that couch in. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Rob, you brought up a name that actually helps me move into the next segment before we hit a break here for a minute. Uh, Danny Limelight. You you brought up him. He's one of our favorites that we've uh, met on UWN Primetime Live. You could have also caught him Last night on AEW Dark, where he participated in a match against Brandon Cutler. Fortunately, he did not come out on top. But I will say this: he looked amazing. And Taz Excalibur, and the other fella whose name just escaped me—it was uh, Jim Ross. Nope, Anthony Anthony (laughs) Go Go. Tony
3: Tony, you talk about Tony Schiavone.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Tony Skivon. Uh it's uh I, I believe it's Tony Shiavan is how it <laughs> Anyway, Danny Limelight was on there. He lost the match, but they were putting him over uh like crazy, uh Scooby in the chat pointing out that limelight made Cutler look so good. You might you might be right, Scooby. It may have just been Limelight making him look good. I mean, it was it was a cool match, man. They were that it was athletic as all hell. I don't know if you guys got a chance to ch- catch that one, but uh it's it's worth your time checking out Danny Limelight versus uh Brandon Cutler. Um, uh other other people on that uh show, uh as I recall.
1: Oh, hundreds of others. Huh. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's there's always hundreds of matches on AEW Dark and it's uh
3: all of them, <laughs> hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of matches on AEW Dark. No exaggeration
0: if, at all. if not
3: if not thousands. Yeah. It's
0: it's Maybe. AEW Dark is if you want just straight wrestling just to take your mind off anything else and you just want match after match after match <laughs> after match I mean they just keep coming. And uh but You know who stood out to me on this week's AEW Dark? I have to say this, and I tweeted about it earlier, but our boy, goddamn Ricky Starks, that man is so good, so good. And if I don't care, I don't care which one of you's watching right now and you don't think that Ricky Starks is a superstar, go back to AEW Dark and watch that dude, just his entrance alone, and then the match. Tell me that guy's not headed straight to the top. Like he is 100% gonna be a uh, a big dog in AEW, I believe it. And uh, and and again, the commentary team putting him over constantly. Uh, just you know, uh, the other guy, not Shivani, but the other Tony, uh, telling Taz. It was actually funny the interaction they have. One one of the things I like on Dark is their interactions are so loose. But he was telling Taz, like this is the greatest thing you ever did in your career was getting Ricky Starks on your team. And he was like, well, all right. I mean, I think I did some stuff besides that, but I appreciate that. <laughs> and, no, uh, no, that's the greatest thing he's done. He's like, fine. The greatest thing you've done in this chapter of your career. <laughs> like, all right, I'll take that. And, uh, but Ricky Starks just has his entrance down. He's got the attitude, just the Man, Whoever let that dude go, come on. Come on. That Ricky Starks is the man. He really is.
3: Yeah, he's he's positioned he's positioned well. He's positioned really well too. I mean, with Taz and uh, that whole crew, like he he's he's definitely uh I think somebody mentioned it here, Jedi Warrior. I mean, he's definitely got gold in his future, in my opinion. He, he's perfectly positioned for it, whichever they way they want to take him. Um so at this point we just sit back and enjoy the ride and, and watch him keep rising. Cause yeah, you're 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 spot on, Gary. That dude's he's a superstar. Rob, have you have you been able to catch a lot of his stuff? Because the thing is,
0: yeah. is that I mean, I think he's positioned appropriately because he's 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 like consistently on AEW dark. He's always got a match and he's always on commentary at some point with Taz, like hanging out with him and talking. So I think they know like they're just like easing him into it
1: that's what I was going to point out. He not only can the man work in the ring and, and he's well positioned on dynamite too. I mean, he's always in, in oh, yeah. there with, uh, I mean, this guy is already, you know, the without exception, NWA talent has gone over to AEW and, has been, and put in a position to shine, which they deserve to. But, uh, you know, you see Ricky Starks jump on commentary during the, uh, the Bates, uh, Gracia match.
4: And this joker not only can work, he can talk, man. He's an entertaining talker. And that's the thing that,
1: Is really difficult to teach. You know, you gotta, you gotta have the gift of gab and something, and that's probably the hardest skill to for a wrestler to develop. Uh, You either got it or you don't, or you at least have some sort of element of it. And that's why the ones that really stand out, like a Nick Aldis or an Eli Drake or a Thunder Rosa, they stand out because Eddie Kingston. They stand out not only because of their in-ring ability. That's obviously the main reason, but they accent it so well with talking every time any of those people I just mentioned speaks gosh, it's so entertaining, captivating, believable, or just enraging, you know, any of those things that they, they know how to manipulate. And uh, Ricky starts
0: is gifted. He's just gifted. Yeah. There's, there's, there's like this, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I'm in the business or I'm a professional wrestler or anything like that, but you know, they, they always talk about like in interviews you hear and all of those things that, uh, they're just these intangibles, like these little pieces of a, a character. And even if you if you watched him, and all you know of Ricky Starks is in Power, I think already there, especially around the time he won the TV title, you had to already be believing. But if you see him on AEW, I think he's elevated his game even more over on AEW. And he is just something special. There's these little things that he does from, you know, just like, shoulder blocking somebody in the turnbuckle and blowing a kiss to the camera at the same time you know like just these little just little factors just the way he you just feel it when he's in the ring man ricky sarks is on top of his game he is he is on his way and that's not just me uh blowing smoke because he's been good to the show which we we do appreciate but uh the guys the guys got it for real um Let's see. Uh, it's nice to see pretty Peter Avalon on there also. He's, he's, he's finally getting some wins. Uh, so good for that guy, I will point out. Um, let's see. Anything uh, – did you guys have anything from Dark that stood out to you that you wanted to mention? Or uh, Rob does. Rob. Oh, you, no.
1: know, you know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. <laughs> Lindy Snow may not come out with a win, but I guarantee you Eva Leese is not going to be running that mouth when it comes to the American Kaiju. It's not going to happen. Because she uh, these two ladies had a fantastic, very physical match as they always do. And uh, you know, Eva has a penchant for popping off, man, and even no selling. Uh, we saw that happen to our, to our girl, Thunder Rosa, you know, and uh and uh, you know, uh, that's not gonna happen when Lindsay's still cause she this this is a blood sport champion, man. She is dangerous. She's so savage and dangerous and she'll make you hurt for it. And uh, <sighs> Uh, surprisingly, I was, I was surprised Eva came out with a win here. I expected Lindsay Snow to win it. Um, you know, she, the, the wins have not come as frequently for her as I would like, but it's not because of the lack of talent. I think that, uh, she's on the cusp of breaking out. Obviously the blood, the blood sport, uh, championship was a, a big deal and her, being recognized and being respected enough to be placed in positions on AEW and UWN and to shine, I think, just speak to the fact that Lindsay Snow is going to be a fixture for a long, long time, and uh, somebody's going to scoop her up. Hopefully, it's the NWA, but I want to see her on a on a main roster holding championship gold.
0: I, I think, dude, I, when I look at uh, Lindsay Snow, it, it's just that same thing I felt with Thunder Rosa. It's just undeniable. There's, there's no way that Lindsey Snow is not going to be on uh, top of her game. I, obviously, she's not even signed necessarily with AEW, so uh, I'm not saying that. I mean, but she's been all over the place. The woman busts her ass everywhere she goes, and she is showing up at every date that she can make, uh, just from Bloodsport to NWA to Body UWA.
1: World, I mean, you know, and get, you know doing – Combat against men, seasoned, skilled, professional men in, in in the ring or not in the ring, and the battle count, uh, body count, battle royal, very violent. But Lindsay Snow again is someone that she brings. I don't know what it is about her, man, but she just brings out like we have said it. You know, we've talked, we've had the debate over who is the perfect opponent for Thunder Rosa, and there's something about Lindsay Snow and her style that just brings that out, man. And 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 I think Thunder Rosa brings the best out in her too. You know. Uh, you got to have that right opponent. I'm not sure the Eva is that opponent. Uh, you know, she's a picture in the tag team scene, and I, I'm not uh, as high on her. I'm not I'm nothing against her, you know, but um, Lindsey Snow, man, she she's got that it factor that was mentioned in the chat, and what you're alluding to there, Gary.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, more on AEW, you know, Tony Khan did a press scrum ahead of uh, AEW Dynamite this week, uh, which is coming up later tonight, if you guys aren't aware. Winter is coming, and uh, you're going to see Jon Moxley take on Kenny Omega, uh, this uh, world title on the line, so that's going to be awesome. Uh, but uh why am I bringing this up? Uh, well, they mentioned uh the... NWA championship. Sorry, I was trying to find my spot here. Uh, They asked uh, Tony Khan about building congruency between the NWA and the AEW women's divisions uh, and maximizing opportunities for the female talents. Tony Khan had this to say. Serena Deem, who is a full-time AEW wrestler and is a really important part of our roster, is the NWA women's world champion. So, I mean, there was definitely a relationship, and there's definitely a good chance you're going to see the NWA title defended here. But the AEW women's title is still our top priority. We have a great women's champion in Hikaru Shida. She's defended the title against many top contenders, and I think there's still some good matches in front of her. Uh, I understand what people are saying about the division. I should have probably done better to put some of Nyla's story, when she said she wasn't going to wrestle again. And Vicky said she was going to wrestle again until they got a title shot. I should have used that on dynamite more. I watch dark very closely and work on dark, very closely and book dark. So I'm obviously watching dark, but sometimes I forget that there's uh, that only about half the audience watches dark for us. Typically. I should have probably put – I probably should have put that on. And then, to be honest, the time in the real world, Vicky was not available to come those weeks. Anyway, to skip ahead, he says, I think that definitely our women's titles are top priority, but Serena is one of our best women's wrestlers, and she is the NWA Women's World Champion. I have been working with Billy, booking the matches here with him for the NWA title. I enjoy working with Billy and I've enjoyed working with triple a in the past. We've sent wrestlers to new Japan many times, but I definitely consider Shida and the AEW women's world title, our top priority. But Serena is definitely somebody to keep an eye on. She is one of our top stars. Uh, So anyway, he, he did, he did reference that a little bit. I just thought that was interesting just to hear some of his thoughts there. Uh, If you guys didn't catch the media scrub, you can find it online. Uh, he, I, I, I like the NWA title being in the mix personally because it's the best thing you can see right now, like as far as uh NWA stuff. I, I, I have fantasies that the NWA world's heavyweight champion shows up on AEW someday mm. to compete with Cody Rhodes or something to continue that feud. But anyway, Rob, why why you got that look on your face? You 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 keep your hands off
1: Nick Aldis, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You keep your hands off my man, I mean my champion.
0: No, <laughs> oh, all right. Well, uh they also I, I'm curious your you guys thought they asked him about uh if they're looking to expand their uh pay-per-views as well and uh Tony Khan said he was kind of digging their their big four and uh he wanted to kind of keep it there right now. But how do you guys feel yeah. about that? Like will you, you think like fours
3: number? Yeah. Yeah, I love it, man. I mean it, it it's a throwback to when that's pretty much how it was. I mean, you you had big four that you built to. I really like the model that they're using. I mean, tonight's a perfect example. Winter is coming. You're getting a world title match. Uh, You're getting a battle Royal. I mean, it has a pay-per-view feel, but it's on television. Um, I I love that. So they can build to little, you know, uh, like milestone episodes of dynamite like this. They had bash at the beach on Chris Jericho's cruise. They've done, uh, Various other things that, you know, were on TV, but they were really had a pay-per-view feel to them. So I like that. And then I like really reserving, you know, big, big moments for the pay-per-view. I mean, because you got to remember, too, I mean, they're there. The, the stark difference between them and WWE is WWE. They're on pay-per-view, but typically people subscribe to the network. So if, if they're a subscriber, they're just watching it. It's, it doesn't feel like you're pay, you know you're paying for it like a traditional pay-per-view AEW is not that way you're actually paying for it you're paying 50 60 bucks for it to watch it so they're going to reserve you know those for just big big moments and and I, you know I don't like the monthly pay-per-views um, I think it's oversaturated I think WWE is has lost a lot of momentum with that and even the the big 4 in WWE WrestleMania Royal Rumble Survivor Series and SummerSlam, they don't even feel as big anymore because they're like four weeks from the the last pay per view, and so it's, you know, I like their I like their model. I'm I'm happy to hear that he wants to stick with that.
1: Oh, you're 100 percent correct. I, I was going to say the exact same thing. I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of spectacle they try to make. It. WrestleMania today is not the same as WrestleMania Seven. It's not the same as WrestleMania Three. It doesn't feel nearly as big, and the the singular reason that is is because they over pay per view jokers to death. A pay per view yep. is super card. If everything's a super card, then nothing's a super card. And uh, you know, I like how AEW is keeping things close to the fans. It's very it's, it's one of the, it's the most accessible big brand out there, and uh, you know. There, there are lots of legitimate criticisms against AEW, and we hear a lot from James Lawrence. A lot, the voicing does all the time, and those are well received. and and, uh, And I get where he's coming from. But say what you want about them, AEW is the most fan accessible promotion right now, as far as big time players go.
3: Yeah, I mean, it may not be your cup of tea in terms of the in-ring action and and their their style, but if you if you back up and you look at the overall strategy of the promotion, it's more in line with with what we love, which is that old school traditional prize fight wrestling feel, um, than as you said, Rob, any of the other more accessible um, brands. Well, guys, we uh we want to come
0: back and talk to you a little bit more. I know some of you are having to jump over to MLW. We are not going to fault you for that. Thanks for hanging out with us. I see Roxas saying he's uh, got us still on the fold. So thank you, thank you, sir, uh, for doing that for us, uh, Corey. I know had to bail. He's uh, he'll catch the replay. Hey, man, we totally get it. We. We know we're pulling probably half of MLW's viewership over to our show, so we apologize to MLW. uh, sure. uh But uh, we want to come back and we want to talk to you guys about a few other things. We want to include you guys more in the conversation. So get your questions, your comments, your topics you want to talk about already, uh, ready so that we can discuss them. We're going to talk about the AEW rankings going into tonight's show because Thankfully, uh, AEW actually puts out rankings. They actually talk about those kind of things. So that's prize fight stuff if there ever was stuff. And so we're going to focus on it while it's available. And if WWE do it, we would focus on them. But we might bring up some WWE. We might have some stuff there. We want to put over a little ring of honor too when we get back uh, and anything else big going on. And of course, like I said, whatever's on your minds. But we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, after these commercial messages.
4: You are now listening to
2: Call me the national treasure Like I'm Trevor McDonald The diamond in the rough Shining past the pain And the struggle Climb the summit Now they clamour For the glamour and hustle Ask the cameraman To zoom in When I'm making them humble A to the Z Been face to face With dangerous fiends Run from oblivion To chasing gladiatorial dreams Now they pack coliseums For this colossal machine The biggest British invasion Since the lads Of yellow submarines Suit and tie Superplexes On my Uberflex Schooling with the truth And straight shooting next Go to Billy Corgan I've been smashing pumpkins All my life Stunting till I die Stunning them like Austin in his prime. Clothes lining parasites Rotten apples antagonised Chew them up and spitting at these pips Like I'm glad it's night Set the goals Lock foes and choke holes Swallow souls and then pose With his ten pounds of gold uh, All rise when I enter the room Ready or not Here comes the boom Step forward if you're staking the claim Come for my throne, then I'm bringing the pain God save the king All hail when I ride into town The real world chaps holding the crown God save the king Rule the waves in this glorious reign Bow down when you mention my name God save the king Turnbuckle tactics Slamming across the canvas It's the camera snapping candidly Capture this heir apparent on the pedestal Presidential views across the vestibule A testament It's a blessing testing my fortitude The force of nature forming into form an orderly cue The dealers holding aces and eights, bluffing you fools, stuffing your crews, crushing the rules up in disputes. I'm breaking through with nothing to lose, stop your excuse, the real world champ has got the game in the cobra, clutching the camp, pressing gorillas, dropping the shoulder, taming the lion, slaying these giants on every corner, there's no holes barred when I de-establish the order, one king but two sides to every story i made an impact so i'm bound for glory it's nickel down economics when i'm overseas no irish charming like it's over in the clover leaf all rise when i enter the room ready or not here comes the pool King. step forward if you're staking the claim come for my throne and i'm bringing the pain god save the king all hail when i ride into town the real world chaps holding the crown god save the king rule the waves in this glorious rain bow down when you mention my name god save the king
0: He doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't do drugs. His only vice is wanting to be just like me. Welcome back, uh, Will. Ooh. Welcome back, Rob. Welcome back. It's good to Hi, see you. Everyone. Look at James Lawrence even loving Ooh, that yeah. video. and He's a metalhead, he said. So good.
3: Man, so good.
4: I, I got you talking about Tool today on uh, on social media. He's saying Tool. Tool. Tool, uh, Tool uh, yeah, the
1: band Tool. One of the great metal bands ever.
3: Oh, uh, all my time.
1: Wife, my lovely wife's absolute favorite band, J-Cow's favorite band, Um but Top five uh, for he,
3: me, for sure.
1: They're great, man. But he put, put up something about uh, tool art, you know, the Alex Gray art, about, about whether it uh, it's rock art or whether it's cold medicine or flu medicine advertisement.
0: Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Rob, you got some trouble right before the break. It looks like uh 90s wrestling podcast. Not digging your comments on the Royal Rumble, uh, not being big. I saw
1: that. Oh, no, I'm uh, not saying it's not big. I'm not saying that uh, WrestleMania is not big either. I'm just saying, compared to the way it felt prior to the saturation of the market, I mean, it doesn't feel to me. I and this is a matter of opinion. So if if this is his promotion that he's into, I, who am I to say he's wrong? I'm just saying for me, it doesn't feel that important uh, when compared. Not not that it's not important at all, but when compared to the pay per views of the late '80s, early '90s. You know, up yeah. to about ninety six, ninety seven. You know, it just it doesn't have the same feel to it anymore. You I mean, know, it I, doesn't. Crockett Cup felt more important than than what the Royal Rumble felt like.
0: I ain't gonna argue that. True. Um, yeah, when I go back on the network right now that I have a subscription to, just because of this show, uh, I and I watch like those old pay per views and especially Royal Rumbles. Royal Rumble has always been one of my favorite shows. Like I love oh, the yeah. Royal Rumble, but. Back in the day, it did feel bigger. Uh, it, it felt like a bigger deal. But that was also back in the day when I could tell you, I mean, late 80s, early 90s, like going through that period, I could I could tell you like uh, every single winner of every pay-per-view because it was strictly SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. Those, those were the ones mm-hmm. you got. And uh, eventually they threw in like King of the Ring and that kind of thing in there, but whatever. Anyway, uh, but I I still personally I love the Royal Rumble, but mostly because you can really gamble on it. Like it's fun to gamble. On it. <laughs> Every year, my, I, we, we should do this with the Whoa. with the fam this time. Every year, me and some, some buddies, we would get in and you put like five dollars at least in, and you get like however many people participate. You get to uh, separate the pie. You get 30 wrestlers, and you divide it up into however many people, so maybe you get two or whatever, and you drop numbers in a hat, and then you just draw numbers. Whatever number you get, that's your person. You don't know who's coming out win. so you got the number 15 pick. Uh, well, it's uh, Drew McIntyre. Good for you, pal.
2: Like
0: <laughs> You you might win all the money, but uh, it could be, um, I don't know, Gilbert, and so chances aren't good. It just uh, it's, a, it's a gamble. It's fun.
1: And, it, and I'm sure it's fun. And again, I'm not to i not here to impugn don't your Don't take away from our fun,
0: fun, Rob.
1: No, that's great. That's great. <laughs> but listen, 90s wrestling podcast, I was born in the 70s. I'm going to tell you, it's just not my cup of tea. I don't care who likes it or however many people like it. I don't get into gimmick concepts. I don't get into the Survivor Series. I don't get into the Rumble. I don't care if... It's like, let God be true to every man. I don't care what anybody thinks. It's not my cup of tea. It's okay. It's entertaining. But I take Starcade 83, those straight up matches. There's one gimmick match. Well, two, if you count a cage match, you have the collar match. I take that any day over any Royal Rumble ever. You know, I mean it's and and most most of what the NWA does today over any Royal Rumble. But that's not to say it's not entertaining. It's just not to 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 say that everyone looks forward to it. Oh, that would not be true because I don't. Maybe a lot of people do, but everybody doesn't, and a lot of people don't. In fact.
0: Well, you know, with the audience we deal with, and we're aware of this, or you know, generally WWE's not the hot commodity in our audience. It's uh it's really not. But uh, that's uh that's our cross to bear. I will say this: for Rock says seventy nine, the Rumble winner has become so predictable because of Vegas odds, but it's fun to see the surprise entrances we gamble on both Rubbles as well. It's fun. Uh. Mm-hmm. One thing you touched on, Rock, uh, is that uh that I I wish every once in a while they would just like blow your mind with who wins the Royal Rumble, you know, not not that it should happen every time, but just every so often, not make it like the obvious pick. Like last year, it's like Drew McIntyre, you're like, Yeah, probably. And uh, but if it was just like some rando, it's just like, no, there's no way that guy's getting a title shot. So it just, uh, it would be more fun if it, if it could be more unpredictable. Well, I'm sure you've got comments here.
3: Well, I mean, my, my comments are just, I mean, in terms of, if you're looking at the WWE in 2020, yes, the Royal Rumble is exciting. Yes. WrestleMania is exciting. But if you're looking at, to Rob's point and and we just learned Rob is 70 guys, he's 70 years old. Um, he like, if you, if you're looking at it in terms of history, Obviously, that's going to change your perspective, and and that 90s podcast brings up a good point. I mean, wrestling's in a different place now than it was 20 years ago. Agreed. Um, but we're kind of looking at it in the scope of history, not just the island of, of 2020. Um, I mean, I I don't know that I would say that I look forward to, to Royal Rumble, but uh, I think when – when I realized that, like, oh, today's Royal Rumble Day, I get a little excited. And I'm like, oh, that'll be something fun to watch um, because it does have big implications. Uh, so, you know, in, in and again, in terms of, like, looking at WWE in 2020 on an island as a promotion, as a show, it is exciting. Um, but I, I just when you look at wrestling as a whole, it's not the most exciting thing going on, in my opinion. Again, my opinion. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I think we're with you. Uh,
1: yeah, these are these are matters of opinion, and and again, I can appreciate any wrestling fan. And if they're if WWE is, is their thing, we're still kindred spirits. I mean, that that's a lot of people who they're who like Royal Rumble, and I've got friends right down the road, man. they and and a friend of our show, wrestling days, man. I mean, he lives for it. you. You would think everything is the biggest thing that ever happened. He's so entertaining, and he derives joy from it. But, but it's not everybody's cup of tea. Definitely not. Yeah. Most of our <laughs> of our of our circles.
0: I just I just like the idea that we can all have different favorite things. I, I love we we try to touch on as much of this wrestling product as we can. Uh overall the cinema shock podcast with the movie stuff. I always look at like our horror fans as the same way. There's so many different uh variations, so many flavors of horror movie, uh slashers and thrillers and like cerebral movies and like all kinds of stuff. Everybody's got their own style that they enjoy. I think the same thing happens with wrestling. But uh, at the end of the day, one thing I love about the horror community, I'm hoping we can help bring to the wrestling community is that when you meet somebody else, that's a part of the wrestling community. You're like, you're a brother or a sister. Like we, we all love pro wrestling, and that's uh, yeah, that's and the I, important thing.
3: And I think similar to that, I mean, when I when I come across somebody or talk to somebody who is really excited about the WWE, I, I don't like. I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? So it's not a. It's again, it's just a preference thing. Like I, I I'm, I'm happy that anybody would get excited about any kind of pro wrestling. You know, whether it's sports entertainment centric or prize fight you know, focused, you know, pro wrestling is pro wrestling. And um so it, it's good. It's just a matter of opinion.
0: Rob, you're talking your way out of getting put oh, over in that chat with Doug Williams.
1: What I meant to say was Royal rumble is the Ooh. junk. Right? It is the junk. I love it. It's the, wow. nah, you can, you know, you know, I appreciate your kind words, uh, uh, nineties. And you know, we respect you and your opinion. You're always respectful in your disagreement. And that's part of it. But, you got And if you're me
0: watching, up. if you're watching or listening now, check out that '90s Wrestling Podcast. It does great interviews. Has a great interview with uh, the champ, uh, the Real World's champ, Nick Aldis, that we've put over. And that's how we met, and uh, is regularly doing stuff. So anyway, go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and, oh, and wow, if you uh,
3: like, and if you like hearing uh, him and Rob argue, join our Discord because there goes on there. And, uh, our Discord is a lively pro wrestling conversation pretty much daily and it's a great, great space.
0: Yeah. Um, I've been watching SWE Fury because of Roscoe in our discord and I'm figuring out the best ways to have the heart to say to him, I don't like it as much as you do.
3: <laughs> well, I think you just did. <laughs> yeah, I don't know so, if he's watching. Roscoe,
0: but... if you're watching or listening, that was it. I'm sorry. Uh, not that I don't like it. I'm happy to see Tim Storm is a big part of that program and love some Tim Storm and Jack Stane. Uh, but he, the, the part with SWE Fury, I don't know if we have any fans, so I won't spend too much time on it, but I will say this Roscoe. If you're in our discord, you know that he is a big proponent of no silliness, just real wrestling. Like he wants it. But SWE Furious, it, it'd be pretty silly sometimes. Like some of the stuff I see, and I'm like, really, Roscoe? Like some of this is, I mean, one of the one of the main people's like a juggalo, and I just I don't know, man. It's uh whatever. Uh, let's put over something else, guys. We got to take a second here to talk about. I will. I know that you and I especially like. We really want to get in on this Ring of Honor on Monday oh. night. Uh, right before Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw is the big show and everything, and I've never been like super into Ring of Honor. I know, Will, you used to be, and uh, you're working your way back in. But uh, I started back on Ring of Honor last week, I think. Uh, But this week, uh, last week was good, and I was like, I'm going to tune in again, but this week, I cannot say enough good things about Ring of Honor this week. If you guys have not checked it out, it's available for you uh, for free, like on Fight TV, on the Fight TV app. Just watch Ring of Honor. It is worth your time. If you like prize fight wrestling, there are literally two matches of this whole entire show. The rest of it is putting over... uh, uh, upcoming matches and that sort of thing and the two matches that they have a lot of the time is dedicated to giving you all of the context and backstory that you need to appreciate the matches that are happening on the show and you do by the time it gets to them you know exactly what's at stake why they're fighting who they're fighting for everything about it and the matches they deliver Uh, one hundred percent. So on this week's episode, you get Josh Woods versus Jay Lethal in a pure oh my rules gosh. match. And it is fantastic. It is a fantastic technical wrestling match. The best one you're going to see or have seen maybe this year as far as like pure yep. technical wrestling.
3: The lead up to that too. I mean, they gave a good, you know, ten minutes to to Josh Woods' promo, and then Jay Lethal, obviously a legend. I mean, he he gets on there and and cuts his promo and and his video package. And you're right. By the time you get to the match, you're bought in. Like they're doing it right. I mean, they're 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 making the best of the current situation. They're saying, you know what? If we can only book two matches, let's make both of them fifteen and twenty minutes, and let's do some backstory. Let's let's uh, you know promo some stuff. There was even a, um, and you might uh, be about to mention it, but after this match, there was a clip of an interview with Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. They had a sit down that's available on honor club, which I'm not a member of yet. I'm, I'm, I'm real close. A couple more good weeks of this programming and I'm probably going to be in, but um, and just, you know, hearing that story progress, I got really excited sitting there watching that imagining, uh, you know, Mike Bennett being back, but also just imagining when when they split at some point and have a one-on-one match, how incredible that's gonna be. Um, you know, I'm just I'm always thinking like 10 steps ahead, you know what I'm saying? Story.
0: No, I hear you, man. I love the 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 little uh promo from Jay Briscoe where he's yep. like talking about like, man, I've been watching my brother. He's like, We got a chance, final battles coming up. And I'm looking at you know we're 12-time tag team champions. You know what sounds better than that? 13-time tag team champions. But your ass is caught up in this EC3 stuff. Like, man, what is your deal? And he's like, whatever. You know you got to do that. I'm gonna find another partner. We gonna go get the belts. And uh, it's just like there's that stuff. But to go back, if I could, to the John, uh, uh, to the Farmer and uh, or not, to, not Farmer. I'm thinking of John Farmer in the chat. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, sorry, you're always on my mind, sir. <laughs> uh, to Josh Woods and Jay Lethal, if I could, uh, the, the, the beauty part of that match is it's just like sit downs with each of them leading up to the match. And like right before that, there's a promo between, uh, what do they call themselves? The foundation It's like John mm-hmm. Gresham, Jay Lethal, and, uh, I had it down here, uh, Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams. And they're talking about wanting to restore honor to Ring of Honor. Not unlike the EC3 thing where he's questioning it, but they're saying they want to use pure, real, professional wrestling to show you what Ring of Honor is supposed to be about. And they're going to do it. They're going to win every belt in the business. And they're going to come in and, and take this thing over. And I love that already. But then he had these sit-downs. Uh, I had no backstory. Uh, before this stuff i didn't know josh woods from adam i didn't know anything about him uh, but him talk sitting down talking about how lethal's a veteran um, but he's the guy who's accomplished more faster than lethal did and he's and he's he comes from the mma world and he's like the thing that he's good at that he knows is like there's no move that doesn't have a counter there's no hold that doesn't have a reverse there's like all of this stuff like he's foreshadowing. They wanna... Yeah, exactly. Because man, when him and Jay lock up, by the time they finish those promos, you're ready to see these guys go. And there's at one point, even they utilize the silence in the room so well because they're talking trash the whole time. Mm-hmm. And there's one point where he like hip tosses Jay Lethal over or no, Jay Lethal has to use his first rope break on a submission. It comes up and, and Josh Woods is like, Smiling, like sitting there with his mouth guard in, like smiling. And Jay Lethal looks up at him, and he's just like, "What that stupid goofy ass look off your face? You think this is funny?" <laughs> and like Josh Woods takes his mouthpiece out, and he's like, "No, man, I don't think it's funny. You're Jay Lethal. I think this is sad." And like that's the oh. And they got go back at it. And man, it is so good. It is so good. And yeah, uh, I mean,
3: they. I, I mean, you know, the pure rules. I had not really been exposed to it till these last two episodes. I am a fan. If you are a fan of prize fight wrestling, you are should be a fan of these pure wrestling rules. They're a little different than what you're used to. If if you know you're you're um, overall pro wrestling fan. But, dude, it just feels so much like a real prize fight. And and these two guys really made it feel that way. And they start the match off. And, man, the whole first, like, five – it was almost like five-minute segments. It went, like, 14 minutes and 14 seconds or something like that. It went almost to the 15-minute time limit. But the first five minutes was just submissions. I mean, they were just – it was just – they were on the floor, trading submissions, going back and forth. And then the second five minutes, they get into more rope style wrestling, drop kicks, stuff like that. And then bringing it down the home stretch, a combination of both. And it was just, man, it was an entertaining match. Josh Woods, I remember when he debuted on Ring of Honor. So it's been a while since I've watched Ring of Honor. I think last time I watched Ring of Honor before last week. Like, Cody was in the Bullet Club. That's how long it's been. So, you know, it, it it's kind of reintroducing me to it. But I, I do remember when Josh Woods debuted, and he's beefed up a lot since then. He has just become very, very well-rounded in the ring. Um, and it was just a really, really entertaining match. And Jay Lethal, I mean, he's a legend, did an incredible job putting him over. And his promo, one of the things I liked that Jay Lethal said was, uh, you know, last week he had that match against LSG that he won by decision. So they went through the time limit and he won by judge's decision. He said, He said, I didn't win that match. And he said, you know, LSG lost that match because he used more rope breaks than me and, and that kind of stuff, and kind of the pure rules thing. And I just love that. I love that. He's like his pride. He's like, no, I want to win the match. I want to pin him. I want to submit him. I want to win it outright. Um, and so that just it really raised the stakes for this match. And God, I mean, I can't I can't say enough good things about Ring of Honor this week.
0: And watching uh, the next, the other match in the show, just for everybody to know, is Brody King versus Shane Taylor. And it's another one. It's a Hoss fight. Like these yep. two big boys, but the most athletic big boys, like and they are brutal to each other and they go at it. And there's, a, again, the same deal. Like there's like 10 minutes of build, build up to this match of them, like sit down interviews with them telling you why this match is important for them. Not, I mean, and basically in this uh, situation, it's because it's for the number one contender for the world's heavyweight champion. Uh, and so it's, it's a, it's a I, God, I just, I don't want to gush too much. Cause I don't want to put it over so much and disappoint anybody, but ring of honor right <laughs> now, that's the best show that I've seen so far midweek here on this show. Ring of honor uh, is the best show I've seen in wrestling so far this week. And this is a good a good case study in how you don't need
1: gimmicks uh, to to be an effective storyteller. You know what I mean? You can tell a great story, spend a lot of time doing it, like they do in a boxing match. You know, you've got your your vignettes and your and your media packages that do in the lead up to a fight that tells the story of how we got there. Ring of Honor does this so well. They're so they're so focused on being prize fighting all the way down to the requirement to shake hands and all the, the pure rules and that kind of thing. Uh, Jay Lethal, man one of the great talkers in the history of the game. I mean, he's up there with anybody, with Eddie Kingston, with Ric Flair, with with uh, uh, you know Aldis and, and Eli Drake and all that. And uh, to, to speak about uh, Brody King, talk about the bigness and the brutality of this guy. Gary and I have seen this guy. We saw him at the GPB studio. We saw he and Marty Skrull go toe-to-toe with Strictly business all over that GPU studio. I'm talking about up in the seats. I mean, it was pandemonium. And this dude is a big toss of a guy. Very, very physical. And to see him and, uh, you know, to compete in Ring of Honor in a, in a prize fight under gentlemen's rules uh, and still do his thing, I think that's a plus.
3: Well, I and he earned a world to- title shot, right? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah he at did. Final battle. So I think we've – there it is.
0: There you go. That's your final Roosh. battle right there. Rouge versus Rudy King
2: for the Here for this.
0: Championship. That there were like, I, the thing I want to say, like, just even in the build up to this, it is about these two big Haas guys, like Shane Taylor. i honest to God, again, never seen a match that guy's in, but I am a fan. Shane Taylor is outstanding as a wrestler. But uh, there were layers to the match, too, like all these different layers to the fight. Like, uh, just to throw it out there, you know, just. Besides the fact that it's like Brody King, you, you've had these opportunities and blah, blah, blah. But like Brody King even saying like, oh, Shane Taylor thinks he's got privilege. Like he's doing this thing and this thing. And Shane Taylor's like got this side of him. is this... Shane Taylor's very calm and well-spoken and straightforward. And he's like, you hear how I'm sitting here talking to you right now. He's like, and Brody King's the big metal guy who walks out here in a ski mask looking like a thug. And all of this stuff. And he's like, I'm a big black man. He's like, you want to talk about privilege? He's like, if I walked out in a ski mask and like just walked through here, he's like, Your parents would hold their kids closer. And he's like, and uh, you know, like you would you would turn the other corner, like you wouldn't even want to mess with me. He's like, so don't talk to me about like how look and character matters here. And like uh, I don't know. There's just like there's there's like layers to the thing that you're just mm-hmm. like, man, I want to see these guys go boy do they but uh it's a it's a solid it's a solid match nation show what's up buddy uh happy wednesday kickoff all right so we've we've rambled enough i will do this we we teased it at the beginning of it uh the or, or, or at the beginning of the break there that The uh, One of the things we love that AEW does, not to gush so much, hey, we'll mention Impact real quick, because I don't know how else to lead into this. I haven't seen Impact yet. I don't know if you guys have, but uh, they officially did get a final resolution resolution match for December 12th. Chris Bay versus Rich Swann. That should be fun. Those two are going to go at it for the Impact World title. And... The other thing we wanted to talk about with AEW, I think, is that I wish that everybody would do this. And if everybody does it, I swear to God, we'll take time to talk about it. Will, why are you laughing? What'd I do?
3: Because Rob was just shaking his head. I have no idea why. Oh,
1: just you know, just about Swan and his you know claiming to be oh. the real champion and all that. Anyway, oh, that's- <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Every <laughs> time I see him,
0: I'm just like, oh. Rob's not having it. (laughs) This is one thing that came out literally today on AEW's Twitter feed, which I just, I don't know, man. I just appreciate it. And and I don't agree with everything. And I think we're going to talk about that for a minute. But let's start with the men's singles. They do this. Here you go. The AEW men's singles rankings. Uh, Obviously, you've got the TNT champion Darby Allin there and the AEW world champion John Moxley. But number one contender, Kenny Omega, which makes sense. Uh, there he is and uh Mjf at number two, Lance Archer number three, Brody Lee number four, hangman page number five. I haven't seen Brody Lee in forever, so I don't even know where that falls in, but uh I don't know and, and, and does Cody Rhodes being in this ranking even matter since he uh has it or he can't fight for the world title. I don't know you guys have anything that stands out to you about the uh, men's rankings here?
3: Well, I don't think it's totally about the title. It's just the rankings. Um, And, you know, I don't know that they've always followed the rankings for uh, title contenders. I mean, you know, I don't see Eddie Kingston on there, but he had two title matches. Right. So I think this is just something that it's kind of a fun aspect, something that they do. Um, I think surprising people on there, Ray Phoenix and Matt Hardy. That's pretty cool to see them on there. Um, Pack. Glad he's back. Want to see more of him, but I also like how they're how they're treating the the titles. You know, I mean, Moxley and and Darby Allen are kind of out there on their own because they're they got gold. You know, so that's pretty cool to see. But yeah, I, I like this. I mean, I I think I would. You know, again, like you said, I wish everybody did this because it's it's kind of cool to look at and talk about. And you know, don't know if anything jumps out to you guys.
1: Um, I like. I mean, I like rankings. Uh, I guess where I'd like to see us go as a community is I'd like us to develop a system. We we've alluded to this before, uh, not necessarily a ranking system, but a, but a, uh, um, a rating system or a score like, like you might see an international chess, which is a version of prize fighting where, you know, you're not saying that this guy's got this international rating of this score. And therefore he outranks this guy It just means that through, uh, through your hard work, blood, sweat and tears and accolades, the win loss record that you that you uh, pile up the quality wins that you pile up, your ventures into other factors, maybe even take into some non-in-ring indicators like ability on the mic and all that. But you would d- develop some sort of universal score that might not s- necessarily be a ranking. but would be like almost like a skill level that you attain, you know, where this is a this is an eighteen hundred level guy, you know, and or something like that. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: No, I think it makes sense. I think we've talked a little bit about that. Uh, this is interesting too. Uh, on this, I, I'm with you, Rob. I think we should do like a universal ranking. That would be a lot of fun. But uh, Ryan Romano pointing out 21 and 0, Moxley. Wow, they don't talk about that much. Like John Moxley is undefeated uh, in a I think these are. I think
3: this. I think these are the 2020 rankings. Possibly. I don't know if this is like all time. Is it? I.
1: Oh, it can't be because uh, you would. I mean, Chris Jericho is not on there, and you've got other guys yeah. like, uh, you know, Frankie Kazarian and some others that. Uh, I mean, there are other names on there that like that that project higher above than to me than Ray Phoenix would. Uh, I'd, like to, I'd like
3: to know. I'd like to know how they calculate that grade score because that seems like how they're ultimately ranked. Yeah, and I don't know if that's a calculation of like matches fought. Jedi Warrior this is
0: 2020 so he's saying that that's yeah. what this is uh uh predictions fellas right Romano thinks he uh Ooh. will be undefeated tonight do you think john moxley is walking out with that title or is kitty omega
3: i, I think i think uh ryan's right we'll, we'll, ryan, we'll preview that we'll preview that here in a minute
1: ryan knows his jump i'll tell you this he's Man who is a fan of the sport, a fan of prize fighting, and and I wouldn't be one to bet against Ryan Romano, I think right now, you know, next to Nick Aldis, the most dominant person in the business is John Moxley.
0: Yeah, yeah, Rob. I think I think I'm leading with you. I think I think John's going to get out of this one. I, I I do, but we'll we'll find out soon enough. Let's uh, get to the other two rankings here, and then we'll uh, jump in with the chat and uh, whatever you guys want to cover. Uh, you got the tag team rankings as well that they released now this one i don't understand because 14 and 2 no. the dark order down there but uh yeah
3: how are they how are they below like jurassic express
0: yeah that's that's what i don't understand
3: maybe, but, more, uh, maybe jurassic express's fault more matches i don't really i don't understand they should at least be above the natural nightmares maybe it's maybe it's a ratio how they're calculating it. I don't know. There's got to be love- some
1: sort of value added, some sort of value added score there, uh, depending on if it's a title match or the the, the the rating of the opposing team that has to be factored
3: in. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably part two of what you're talking about, Rob, like factoring in the the difficulty almost of the matches. I mean, you know, if you've got a guy who's, 10 and zero against nine jobbers, you know, that, that can't carry the same weight as a guy who's like eight and two and has, you know, won a title and defended it, you know?
0: Well, John Farmer in the chat, you know, brought up Ricky Starks. It should be in the top 10. And I'm wondering Good because they, yeah, if you, if you count dark matches, yeah, Ricky Starks been on like every week and he wins. Uh, so maybe it is a little bit about the, uh, You know, the opposition that you're facing to the uh, strength of schedule, so to speak. Uh, So maybe that has some part of it as well. In this, Uh, the women's uh, group looks like this. Karashita, they only give you the top five here, 21 and one, uh, which is a uh, they actually give the overall here. Look at that. 27 yeah. and 7 for Hikaru Shida. A uh, big swole right there at number one contender. Nyla Rose, Serena Deeb, I mean, the NWA gotta, Women's
3: Champion. You got to know, Serena Deeb. I think you're onto something, Rob. She's higher up on that list because she holds that gold. And that's got to yeah. be a factor.
1: Yeah. I don't think anybody uh, would beat Hikaru Shida. Uh, it gets a little shady down there when we get past, uh, Big Swole's on there, man. Big big Swole yeah. uh, it, it is becoming more of a, a factor now here of late. But there are some missing faces on this as well. I mean, we think of, uh, mm-hmm. with, you know, Lindsay Snow, who's not on there, and she's been involved in a lot of stuff. We think of uh, – uh, I mean, you've got a very ex- extensive women's division, and uh, you've got uh, – the, who's the girl that uh, – uh, that
0: Rose... which one What's
1: her name escapes me at the moment the girl that Nyla Rose defeated for the, the championship before a Car. Riho?
3: oh Riho I think, yeah. I, think, I think I think that was I don't think she's been active since then so she might have had like one or two matches this year I think that's going to be part of, of yeah. the factor there
0: I think yeah. she's in Japan and it's just been an issue of her getting over here yeah you know
1: you're missing Britt Baker, you're missing um uh, you're missing uh, obviously Thunder Rosa. Britt
4: uh, Britt sure. Baker's
0: an interesting one. I really can't believe Britt Baker. I mean as far as AEW well, women if we're just even factoring in the fact that like she's a strictly AEW talent, Britt Baker's a weird one not to see. But yeah Thunder Rosa been, obviously she's
3: been she's been injured most of the year. Britt yeah, Baker. So yeah I mean they're they're getting it's there. All, all I mean there's been
0: These kinds of things are a lot of fun, man. No, that's fun. I was happy to find this. I thought that was a blast. Like, they actually put out rankings. I wish everybody did this uh, so that we could uh, talk about them and just discuss them. Like, Ring of Honor, WWE, NWA, whoever. Just put out rankings. And like you said, Rob, maybe we're just going to have to start making our own. and So we we can make sure we've always got rankings to discuss. But... uh, there we go. Uh, before we uh, – we, we got we got a little bit left before we head into uh, AEW Dynamite coming up. Winter is coming. NXT coming up. Uh, there's lots of stuff to talk about. Did you guys have something else you wanted to discuss before we just throw it in the chat for the last uh, little bit here?
3: Uh, no. I mean, unless we want to preview uh, Dynamite. I- I'm not sure what's going on in NXT. Sorry. But, you know, big, big night for Dynamite if we wanted to preview Winter is coming.
0: Uh well you know there's a good chance that uh AEW or that WWE did not uh tell us anything about wait yeah. look I'm gonna do it right now. They they're never good at this. Uh <laughs> preview NXT preview. Oh uh, War Games Go Home episode. Oh, so the pay per is coming up. I did yeah. did you guys both see that Kyle O'Reilly Pete Dunn match?
3: Yeah. Not, yeah. We talked about it Sunday. Yeah, a I just
0: couldn't remember if everybody saw it. That's so good. God. Uh let's see here. WWE has announced just one match for tonight's show. Shotzi Blackheart will face Raquel Gonzalez in a ladder match to determine which team gets the war games advantage in the women's match. Uh also you also see the reveal of the final member of team Shotzi Blackheart. The team currently features Shotzi, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae is teaming with Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai and tony storm and that's it that's all they know about nxt so congratulations that's it uh let's see here let's pull up a aew dynamite preview winter is here uh so you yeah Well, obviously, you know that uh, Kenny Omega is taking on John Moxley. So that's that's the big one. Uh, let's see. Do they have anything else? That actually may be yeah. all they've got for uh, no, the no, Dynamite no. Diamond Battle Royal. Uh, that is happening. So uh, that uh, MJF, Wardlow, Miro, Kip Sabian, Orange Cassidy, Sean Spears, Scorpio Sky, Matt Seidel, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, Matt Hardy, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Semmy Guevara, and Hangman Page. That's happening. Oh, is yep. that the is that the ring thing that MJF did? Yep. That's that is what that is. Yeah, that's happening tonight. Uh Chris Jericho is taking on Frankie Kazarian. Well, I'm sold
3: on that too. That'd be a good one. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> that's that that sounds awesome. And uh, Darby yeah, no. Allen and Cody Rhodes versus Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. And uh, Britt Baker versus Layla Hirsch.
1: So, okay, so now Britt Baker. <laughs> <In> that, <laughs> I'm not trying to be, a. am not trying to be a sleuth here, I'm not trying to be an inspector gadget. But I remember right before Brian Rosa left the dojo, he said, Watch tonight, it's going to be a good show.
2: And he said, mm. I think it's going
3: to be a good show, yeah. <laughs> he, he might just—he might just be a fan.
1: That's, good, that's a good point. That's a good point, Will.
3: <laughs> he might have been talking about Moxley Omega. I don't know. You never know. I would just yeah. watch it though, just to be sure.
0: Yeah, could be good. We'll find out tonight. Britt Baker's in a match, and she's she's been sticking her nose in places it doesn't belong. So uh, we'll we'll find out.
3: Oh, should um, be
0: fun! What do you guys want to talk about in the chat? This is, of well, course, I'll
3: tell you. I'll tell you what everybody's been talking about, which I've been avoiding, and that's that Jeff Hardy bump last night. Oh, yeah. I
0: see the uh, chat talking if y'all saw about that. That, yeah.
3: that was uh, not fun to watch. Not after seeing his brother go through something similar. Uh, those those boys need to... Uh, I'm not going to say they need to hang it up, but they, they need to dial it back just a bit. <laughs> I think they've established their... Place in history enough that they don't they don't have to uh, constantly be smashing their heads on floors and steps and things like that. But man, it was it was rough. If you didn't see it, he uh, he flipped off the cor- uh, the uh, turnbuckle onto a table, hit his head on the steel stairs on the way down. It was not fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I was looking to see if I could. Uh... Get a clip of that at all, but I don't know that I'll be able to. Uh, that work? No. Well, I could do this. Get get ready to get crazy.
2: Whoa! Oh! Boom. oh.
0: <laughs> Look at that! Oh! oh. Jesus! Why? Yeah. That's uh. enough. That's enough. <laughs> all right. But that's what happened to Jeff Hardy. That that is nuts. Like, what is that guy doing? Brent I mean, you guys, see,
3: you guys see what I'm saying, though, right? I mean, these guys have they're they're good in terms of like legendary status. Like, they don't need to be doing this anymore. Like that that those kind of spots. He doesn't need to be that's, jumping
0: off the uh taxi over the entrance ramp, like uh, whatever <laughs> it is, like onto the Dudleys over four tables. Yeesh uh yeah you're right Ryan romano saying they're looking at some serious physical issues in the next few years you're uh, man you know i hope the best for him i was I, honest to god like going into that match i i'm not even kidding i was watching jeff hardy walk down the ramp and like just dance around and like doing the stuff and i was literally thinking about jeff hardy during that match like man he's lucky he just like Gets around like he does, like he looks good, like he, he looks in shape, like he looks physically okay, because he's done some nuts stuff. I don't know. Uh you know our boy James Lawrence had something to say. Stupid spot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that I agree that, that was
0: uh All right. Anything else we should bring up before we let you guys move on into the night? It's a big night of wrestling: AEW, Dynamite, WWE, NXT. Uh, We've, uh, guys, I don't know. uh, Did we successfully tackle our first midweek wrestling
3: show? I think we did, and I mean, you guys let us know in the chat what you thought, what you want us to talk about. Um, You know, we're we're uh, we're trying to keep this Wednesday show just a little more casual little cash and uh just talk about stuff and i think i think we nailed it i think we did
0: yeah tell us what you want to know like what what's the ideal like midweek recap show like what's it talk about do you want like full recaps of monday night raw ring of honor all of those things or do you you just want it to be loose just like this do you want us to just kind of just shoot the breeze about whatever we'd love to know Uh, thanks for everybody showing up here. We greatly appreciate you being here. It's awesome. It's our first one, so it was nice to see a bunch of you, a bunch of our folks uh, from previous shows, some folks we're brand new with. Uh, hopefully you subscribe, hit the like button. You can see all of our Twitter and Instagram and other stuff handles. It's at the NWA pod on everything right now. That's uh, that's where we're at. We're working on that. I gotta figure out what we switch to since we're this is pro wrestling, but uh, Anyway, uh, and uh, yeah, Ryan and Romano I, wanted to I, put I, up our boy at DNC Digital, so I just wanted to bring that up. Sorry, Will. Uh, he had Shaw Guerrero on there, and uh, it's up on the YouTube channel, so check that out.
3: I am, I am working on merch, so stay tuned over the next week. We will get some This Is Pro Wrestling merchandise on the store for you guys, so uh, stay tuned for that.
0: Jedi Warrior says, nothing WWE. <laughs> MLW, AEW, NWA, <laughs> UWN, AAA, and NJPW. Hey, New Japan is oh, another much. thing we'd love to to get in. We're we're like gradually expanding, and New Japan's a, a little bit of a tougher one for us. So we're we're working our way in there. But uh if
3: so if any have- of you guys, if any of you guys are like NJPW faithful and you follow it religiously, let us know where to start, how you do it, when to watch, all that kind of stuff, because we. Uh, we've been i mean we can keep up with you know the big news stories and the big events but uh let let us know the best way to to stay on top of all that cuz it is it's probably the least accessible you know promotion in here in the states so
0: yeah i was i'm struggling with them because i work and i have to have my monitors to do work and then so i have my tv in front of me so if i can't get it right there on my tv very easily it's it's a pain so impact and new japan are like my biggest struggles right now like just uh i saw somebody earlier mention all japan and that's even a whole other level so uh it'd be great if i could watch all of them but uh you know, we can only do what we can do, but uh, thank you guys. Thank you, Jedi. Thank you, James, uh, Nation Show, uh, Ryan, obviously, Woodland Goblin, uh, Rock Says Wrestling with the MMA. Uh, all of you guys for, for showing up here, hanging out with us, talking to us on our first night, uh, our first Wednesday night, uh, and early, like an early show leading into a big night of wrestling. We want to know what you think, so so just show us in the comments. Make sure you hit like. Make sure you hit subscribe. Tell us, uh, tell us what you thought of the shows tonight. On we'll, we'll be around on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. Just hit us up. Let you know what you're thinking about it wrestling wise. And uh, if you uh, see something special that happens, like maybe a a wild Lamera appears or something, let's uh, let's put it over on the uh, interwebs. But uh, yeah, thank you guys. Willie Bowen, thank you for being here. Uh, We're going to let you go for now. So you have uh, like 10 minutes to get ready for the big stuff. Winter is coming. Winter is here in 10 minutes. We love you guys. But until Sunday night, when we see you again and Recap the Whole Week, enjoy your gravy cake.